If you wish to become a complete and wise leader, you must embrace a larger view of the force. Welcome, everyone. My name is Devor, and you are listening to Episode 8 of A Larger View of the Force, a Star Wars podcast. As always, a reminder, if you are new to the show, please make sure to go back and listen to all the earlier episodes of the show. And then do make sure to subscribe so that you can keep up to date with new episodes as they drop. On today's episode, we will be taking a look back at Star Wars trailers through the ages. In the years since 1977, Star Wars movies have evolved to become a genre onto themselves. The same, it turns out, can be said about their trailers. Star Wars trailers bend the rules as much as the films themselves do. So we're going to begin by talking about movie trailers in general, just talk a little bit about their form and function, so that we can better understand how Star Wars trailers are different. And then we'll go through the history of Star Wars trailers going all the way back to 1977 and up to the rise of Skywalker. Just kind of taking a look at what do we learn from these trailers? What do we not learn? And then crucially, you know, how they go about telling the stories of each of the individual movies. And just as a note, I will include links to all of the trailers that I talk about in the episode description. So if there are any that I bring up that you have not seen, you can just go there and pull up the link and watch them. Let's begin by a kind of general discussion of movie trailers. What is the purpose of a movie trailer? Why do they exist? Well, a trailer, simply put, is a commercial for a movie in the same way that you would have a commercial or an advertisement for a product or a service. Like any commercial, a trailer tells a story, right? It has this narrative element with the goal of highlighting the appeal of the film. And what we see when we look at movie trailers, generally speaking, so if you just kind of pick one out at random, is that a typical movie trailer has a three-part arc. The first part Part one is a kind of opening and introduction. So in a lot of trailers, the very first thing that we see is typically a prologue, which usually takes a form of a short clip or a snippet from a particular scene of the movie that is shown prior to the logo for the company that's producing the film or the company that's distributing it. After we see the logos, we typically go into some amount of stage setting. So we're introduced to some of the main characters. We might learn the time period in which the film is taking place. We might learn a bit about the main locations, a little bit about the premise, potentially, things like that. So basically things that kind of introduce us to what is going to happen in this movie, broadly speaking. After the introductions are made, we go into part two of the movie trailer, and that is really the story element. So it's in part two that we're introduced to the kind of central conflict that's really going to drive the plot of the movie. 
part two is typically like the meatiest part of any movie trailer because there we really learn what it is that the film is going to kind of be centered on what is the conflict or what is the dilemma or what is the situation that our characters that we were just introduced to in part one are going to kind of be involved in and what's going to be kind of driving the story forward and then once we've gotten that story element introduced we then move into part three which is typically the climax of the trailer so of the three parts, part three is typically the most structurally loose part of any trailer. So there is not much in terms of really like telling you stuff. Usually what you see in part three in the climax is a kind of showcase of some of the most eye-catching elements of the film, usually with a kind of musical overlay, sometimes dialogue, but for the most part, it's silent. You're just either watching or hearing things. And though that climax element is the part that is supposed to have the kind of greatest eye candy or greatest appeal. It's the thing that kind of hooks you in and makes you really interested in and excited in the movie. To show you how this kind of three-part arc works, I want to use an example trailer. So I'm not going to use a Star Wars trailer here because, for one thing, a lot of the Star Wars trailers, as we'll see, don't really have this three-part arc. So I picked a trailer that one is, at least at the time of recording, relatively current and also one that I thought really illustrated this three-part arc very well. And so I decided to pick the trailer for No Time to Die. So I just want to quickly kind of walk through, kind of break down this trailer, and so we can see this whole three-part element, how it works in this particular context. The trailer for No Time to Die opens with a prologue scene. So in this case, we get this scene of James Bond driving through a city while he's being chased. So there's some people shooting at him. There are a couple motorcycles behind him. He eventually kind of engineers an escape and so on. And then from there, we get a cut to the logos for MGM and for Universal. So we have that prologue element there. We get that first scene, kind of an appetizer. Then we get the cut to the logos for the, for the various film companies. And then from there, we get into the rest of part one, so the rest of that stage setting. So after we get the film logos, we hear we hear M saying, the world is arming faster than we can respond. That's overlaid on some images, some clips of some people breaking into a building, some explosions. So we immediately are introduced to this premise of like, there's some you know worldwide terror threats that Bond and MI6 are trying to respond to. Then we get a cut to M saying, you know, asking, where is 007? And then from there, we, we see a scene of James Bond on an island. So we're introduced to this premise that there's this threat out in the world and Bond is off and he has retired. He's kind of out of the game. From there, we cut to a scene in like a bar or a nightclub where we see Felix Leiter, who's a, a friend of Bond's. He is asking him for a favor. So from there, we can sort of presume that he is asking Bond to complete some sort of job for him. So we're now kind of getting into the kind of story element, the kind of meat of the trailer. Then from there, we get a couple scenes with Nomi, who is a new character, who is sort of the new double O agent. And so we see a couple different scenes of her in action and so on and her interacting with Bond. So she's being in those scenes kind of set up as a sort of rival to Bond. 
And then from there, we get a kind of smattering of other characters. So we see a little bit of Moneypenny, we see a little bit of Q, we see a little bit of Blofeld, who was the previous villain. So we get in that whole part one, we get that little bit of introduction. We see, you know, where the world is at this moment. We see where our main hero, James Bond, is. And then we get a little smattering and introduction to all of these other supporting characters who are going to be in the movie. So it does the kind of proper introductory setup there. From there, we go into the part two of the trailer. So we get this scene where we see Bond talking with Blofeld. And in the snippet of the conversation that we get in the trailer, we're introduced to this idea that Bond's main love interest in the movie, Madeline Swan, has some sort of secret that she's been keeping from him. And this secret is kind of catching up to her and will pose some sort of threat to the both of them. And then from there, we are introduced to the main antagonist of the movie. So this is uh, Safi. This is Rami Malek's character. And we hear a couple lines from him and see a couple scenes of him as well. So and there, so we're getting that meat of that story in that part too, right? So we're introduced, there's some kind of secret. We obviously don't know what it is. We see the villain. And so we're seeing the characters and the kind of central premise that's going to propel the main arc of the story of the movie. After that, we get into the third part of the trailer, which is that climax. So we see various kind of action scenes. So we see some shots of gunfire. We see some explosions. We see more chases and so on as the kind of main Bond theme plays on full blast overhead. So this is a trailer that really has that three-part arc really, really well on display. We get that little bit of prologue at the beginning. We get that introduction, meet all our main characters, kind of main premise. We get into the middle part that kind of tells us what's the central kind of plot story element. And then we get that conclusion where we get to see all the like bells and whistles and all the explosions and so on. That is the kind of conventional movie trailer. And again, if you pick most movie trailers out at random, you will see some iteration of this, of the kind of introduction to the story element, to the climax element in one form or another. Star Wars trailers are a little different, though. At least a lot of them are. Arguably, the defining feature of a Star Wars trailer, what kind of separates them from other movie trailers, so what separates them from a, like, a No Time to Die trailer, is the presence of non-linear storytelling. For the most part, Star Wars trailers eschew the three-part arc that I just talked about, of kind of introduction, story, climax, and conclusion. And what we see in a lot of Star Wars trailers is that one or more elements of this are missing. So we might get, we'll almost always get like the climax element, but sometimes we won't have like the introductory element. We won't get a whole lot of stage setting. We won't really be introduced to the characters all that much. Or we might not have the story element. We don't really know much about like what is the kind of central plot device or central conflict that is going to be driving the story forward. And so that nonlinearity, the fact that Star Wars trailers break from that three-part form, allows Star Wars trailers to show a lot without really telling us a lot. So we'll get all of these different scenes from all of these different parts of the movie. But then when we try to sit down and actually say, well, what is the movie about? A lot of times we're not able to really do that. No Star Wars trailer better epitomizes this non-linearity quality than the very first trailer for the very first Star Wars movie. So the trailer for Star Wars was released in the holiday season of 1976. 
So as Moose listeners will no doubt already be aware of, Star Wars had been plagued with numerous production problems. So during principal photography, there had been problems with some of the equipment not really working that well. A lot of the actors and crew behind the camera didn't really understand or believe in the movie or take it all that seriously. In addition, post-production was also a big issue. So ILM ended up being way behind in their special effects work. They were really struggling to pull off a lot of the effects that Lucas wanted. All of these problems, both on the production side and then ultimately in the post-production side, resulted in Star Wars' release date getting pushed. So the original release date that Fox had set for Star Wars was Christmas of 1976. But because of all these delays, it ended up getting pushed to May of 1977. Even so, even with all these delays and the release of the movie getting pushed into the spring of 77, Fox wanted a trailer for the holiday season of 1976. They wanted something to be able to show theater audiences. However, a lot of the effect shots weren't ready in time for that first trailer to come out in the holiday season of 1976. And as a result, they weren't really present all that much in that very first trailer. This trailer, if you've never seen it before, I definitely encourage you to watch this trailer because it is truly an inexplicable trailer. Like, there is absolutely no way that you could watch this trailer and walk away from it knowing anything about what Star Wars was going to be about. So the general structure of this first trailer, which really was a kind of teaser trailer, was you get narration as the Star Wars logo kind of approaches forward from a star field. And basically what happens in the trailer is you get a kind of cut back and forth between narration, where you see that like Star Wars logo approaching, and then kind of a sorted medley of clips from the movie itself. So I just want to read through the actual narration. Somewhere in space, this may all be happening right now. 20th Century Fox and George Lucas, the man who brought you American graffiti, now bring you an adventure unlike anything on your planet, Star Wars, a story of a boy, a girl, and a universe. It's a big, sprawling space saga of rebellion and romance. It's a spectacle light years ahead of its time. It's an epic of heroes and villains and aliens from a thousand worlds. Star Wars, a billion years in the making, and it's coming to your galaxy this summer. And so, as I mentioned, in between all of that, you get all of these hodgepodge of clips of different scenes from the movie. So, for example, there's a shot we see of the Tuscan Raiders when they attack Luke. We see Vader choking out Captain Antilles. We see some scenes from the shootout at Docking Bay 94. We see a little bit from the TIE fighter attack on the Falcon as it is escaping the Death Star. We see a little bit from the trash compactor. And these are all kind of in between all these narrations. But again, if you think back to that text that I just read from you, that text is super, super vague. Like, I particularly like that line where it says a story of a boy, a girl, and a universe. Like, that is super, super broad. And one of the other things that is apparent when you watch this teaser trailer is that it's very, very clear that there was still a lot of work to be done, particularly from the kind of special effects element. So we get a lot of unfinished blaster sounds. So there's a couple scenes that we see 
So, for example, one of them is when Luke and Leia are trying to kind of swing across the chasm and they've got the stormtroopers and the stormtroopers are shooting at them. You hear like a little bit of the blaster sounds, but you can also hear what are very clearly like blanks firing off that are not like the blaster sounds. So like those effects hadn't been added in all the way. We see a little bit of the Obi-Wan Vader duel, but the lightsabers themselves have no color. They're basically just like white and glowing. They don't have the red and the blue added in yet. And despite all the scenes that you see, you don't really learn anything about the movie itself. Only C-3PO and R2-D2 are mentioned by name. We get that scene where, like, 3PO is getting his oil bath and he says, you know, I am C-3PO and this is my counterpart R2-D2. Those are the only two named characters in the teaser. Nothing about Luke's story, nothing about the Alliance, nothing about the Empire. That being said... What the teaser trailer does do very effectively, though, is that it does really convey that this is a new and unique world. If you are an audience goer in the holiday season of 1976 and you see this trailer for this movie called Star Wars, it is very clear that this is a movie unlike anything that has ever come before. None of the creatures, none of the characters resemble anything that you've really ever seen before. So it does do that very effectively. It does kind of pique that interest. So a couple months after that, in February of 1977, we get the release of the full trailer for Star Wars. Interestingly enough, despite the fact that it is normally the full trailer, it's only half the length of the teaser. So it's only about like a minute and change, whereas the teaser was like two minutes and change. This trailer, however, does actually give us some of the premise. So one of the first lines that we hear in the trailer is, Luke Skywalker was just a farm boy until he received a mysterious message from a princess. So we get that. The trailer also does introduce the big three of the movie. So this trailer does what actually several of the trailers for the original trilogy films do, which is it basically like announces who the actors are and who they're playing. So the trailer will do like Mark Hamill as Luke Skywalker, Harrison Ford as Han Solo, Carrie Fisher as Princess Leia. So we get that. We're also introduced to Alec Guinness and his character of Obi-Wan Kenobi. And this time when we do see some clips from the Obi-Wan Vader duel, the lightsaber effects are in fact done. So we actually do see the glowing blue and the glowing red. We get a couple more shots, particularly of the Death Star and of the like the Battle of Yavin, which weren't in the first trailer, which weren't in the in the teaser trailer. But again, with all that being said, the trailer still doesn't say much. In fact, most of the narration beyond that first line that I quoted from Luke is really all about hyping the film. So, you know, we get lines like, the most extraordinary motion picture of all time, and no legendary adventure of the past could be as exciting as this romance of the future. But again, nothing concrete, by the way, of like, the rebels, or the empire, or the Jedi, or the force, or anything like that. So even though we learn a little bit more in this full trailer than we did in that teaser, still pretty general. There's still like a lot of question marks, again, if you're watching this from the perspective of February 1977. Granted, some of this may have been a function of the times. Like, I don't know that movie trailers are necessarily as much of a science as they are today. But as we'll say moving forward, this vagueness, this kind of generality, this kind of refusal to give you a really kind of fleshed out understanding of like what the movie's going to be about is very much par for the course for Star Wars moving forward. So it is very much part of the DNA of Star Wars trailers. Moving on now to The Empire Strikes Back. The teaser and the main trailer are both really unique and very interesting and are really kind of singular in the history of Star Wars movie trailers, in my opinion. 
So the teaser consists almost entirely of Ralph McQuarrie concept art. There's basically no actual live shots in this trailer. It's basically all just essentially like an art slideshow combined with like narration and music. It's almost something that like in modern days you would imagine somebody putting together in like a PowerPoint presentation. That's really what it looks like. So we get a bunch of different Macquarie images. So we see some of his paintings of the probe droids on Hoth. We see Luke on a Tauntaun. We see some images from Cloud City. We see some drawings from the Luke-Vader duel. We see a flash from Dagobah, but not much on Dagobah. And I'll actually talk about that in a few minutes. And interestingly enough, the teaser actually gives a better outline of the story of the movie than the full trailer ultimately will. So again, I'll read the narration from the teaser trailer. So it says this, The Empire has been repulsed, but this one defeat will increase its determination to crush the rebellion once and for all. In the continuation of the Star Wars saga, The Empire Strikes Back, Luke, Han, and Princess Leia must confront its awesome might. In the course of their odyssey, they travel with their faithful friends, droids, and Wookiees to exotic worlds where they meet new alien creatures and evil machines, culminating in an awesome confrontation between Luke Skywalker and the master of the dark side of the Force, Darth Vader. Now, that's actually a pretty good summary of The Empire Strikes Back. Like, that pretty much gets you, like, the whole arc. The real kind of missing element is, like, the Yoda Dagobah stuff. But everything else is pretty much there in big, broad strokes. Which is not the case, as I just alluded to, with the full trailer. So the full trailer for Empire Strikes Back was released in the fall of 1979, and it features narration by none other than Harrison Ford. This is another trailer that, if it's one that you haven't seen before listening to this episode, I would really strongly encourage you to listen to it. Like, the narration is truly hilarious from Harrison Ford because he's, like, he's trying to put on that kind of, like, announcer voice where it's, like, very big and boisterous and, like, excited and so on. And, like, just knowing, like, you know, everything that we know from Harrison Ford about, like, his own personality and, you know, his feelings about Star Wars and so on. It's so, like, incongruous. It so doesn't, like, jive up. So, like, whenever I watch that trailer, I just get this mental image of Harrison Ford in a recording booth, like, reading the script and, like, trying to be as hyped and peppy as possible. And it always just makes me laugh. So definitely watch this trailer if you have not seen it. As I mentioned, the, the full trailer is actually pretty skimpy on details. So it opens with a sort of recap of A New Hope. So we get this line from Ford where he says, Luke Skywalker and Han Solo rescue the princess, destroy the Death Star, but their story didn't end there. And then from there, we get a lot of riffs on lines from really the A New Hope teaser. Similar sort of lines there. So, for example, we get at one, at one point him saying, you know, it's an epic of romance where they include the Luke and Leia kiss from Hoth in addition to the Han Leia kiss aboard the Millennium Falcon. So you can see there that love triangle element was still a kind of part of the story of Empire before they ultimately, you know, Lucas retcons Leia as Luke's sister in Jedi. Then we hear him also, you know, talking about, you know, an epic of heroes and villains. They cross trackless voids to unknown worlds, a galactic odyssey against oppression, a big new sprawling space adventure. And really this trailer for The Empire Strikes Back really has the kind of same structure as that A New Hope teaser trailer. It has that same element of like the approaching logo from the back on the star field and then these like cutaways to these scenes. 
So, you know, we see a little bit from the Battle of Hoth. We see a little from Han's torture at Cloud City. We see Vader in his meditation egg. We get a brief glimpse of the bounty hunter scene on the Star Destroyer. We see a little bit from the asteroid chase. And notably, it actually, the trailer includes the deleted scene, the kind of famous deleted scene of 3PO ripping off the sign from the Wampa's room in Echo Base on Hoth. So if, if you're not familiar with this deleted scene, go look up the deleted scenes from The Empire Strikes Back and you will see what I'm talking about. It's a very, very funny deleted scene. A notable absence from both the teaser trailer and the full trailer, I've kind of been hinting at this earlier, is Yoda. We don't see anything from Yoda. We see very little from Dagobah. I mentioned there's that like one brief snippet of Macquarie concept art from Dagobah in the teaser trailer, but nothing at all in the full trailer from The Empire Strikes Back. That was very much kind of kept under wraps and kept a secret for the movie itself. And as in A New Hope, we get actually in both the teaser and the full trailer, we get introduced to the main characters. And we're also introduced there to Billy D. Williams as Lando Calrissian. So he's kind of introduced and teased as this kind of new main character of the movie. So yeah, both very, very unique and interesting and kind of unrepeated entries into the Star Wars movie trailer canon. So moving on now to Return of the Jedi. The first and second trailers for Return of the Jedi, along with a lot of the advertising for the film, reflects the name change that took place over the course of the production of the movie. So if you watch the teaser for the movie, it says Revenge of the Jedi, whereas the main full trailer says Return of the Jedi. The story goes behind this for those who aren't familiar with it. Lucas, when he first set out to produce the movie, he had originally wanted to title it Return of the Jedi. However, one of the producers for the film, a guy by the name of Howard Kazanjian, thought that the title was too weak, and so they ultimately went with Revenge of the Jedi. But then in December of 1982, so basically the winter before the movie was slated to come out, Lucas went back to Return of the Jedi because he thought that Revenge really wasn't the Jedi way. He thought it didn't really fit with the story. Both... The teaser and the full trailer kind of open with these similar kind of generalizing statements. So the teaser says, the battle between good and evil rages on. And then the full trailer opens the line, the climactic clash between the forces of good and evil. And we see a little bit interspersed from scenes from the Battle of Endor and so on. In the same way that the Empire trailers didn't include Yoda... The Jedi trailers didn't include the Emperor. The Emperor was very much kept a secret prior to the release of the movie. There's only a single overhead shot that you can see of the Emperor when he is exiting the shuttle aboard the Death Star, but you can't tell that it's him. You just see this kind of black-robed figure. You don't actually ever see his face in either of the trailers. Interestingly enough, the full trailer includes within it a cliffhanger, so we see a snippet of the scene where Luke is back on Dagobah, and he asks Yoda if Darth Vader is in fact his father, which going into Return of the Jedi was an open question at the time. There were a lot of viewers who wondered whether Darth Vader had in fact been lying to Luke. We get some recycled lines from earlier trailers. So in the full trailer, we hear the line of an epic of heroes, villains, and aliens from a thousand worlds, which is basically word for word the exact same line that appears in the teaser trailer for A New Hope. And once again, with both 
trailers, and particularly with the final trailer, there's no real plot description. So, you know, whereas the Empire trailer, particularly that teaser trailer for Empire, actually went and gave a kind of cliff notes summary of what the movie is about, the Return of the Jedi trailers kind of go back to that A New Hope form where, like, they don't really tell you much. And in fact, if you watch the full trailer for Return of the Jedi, mostly what you get, the real meat of the trailer is really consists of taglines of character descriptions. So we hear, you know, we hear the narrator saying, like, the heart of a hero, and we see a shot of Luke. The courage of a rebel, and we see Han busting into the, the Empire's bunker on Endor. The strength of a leader, and we see Leia during the Battle of Endor. The loyalty of comrades, and we see the scene of Luke and Leia hugging after uh, Luke arrives at the rebel briefing. The power of the Force, we get the shot of Yoda. The cunning of the enemy, and we get a shot of Darth Vader, and we see, see a little bit of Boba Fett. And, you know, we get a couple of shots. So we see some scenes from the Battle of Endor, as I mentioned. We get a little bit from the fight on the sail barge. We see a little bit of the Death Star duel between Luke and Vader. We see a little bit of the battle over the Death Star. Notably, one little detail that stuck that stuck out to me as I was watching these trailers is that when you look at the scenes from the sail barge, Luke's lightsaber is blue. It had not yet been edited to be green. So that, again, like much like, you know, the unfinished lightsaber or blaster effects in the New Hope trailer, the trailers for Return of the Jedi also are a little bit about like a timestamp. You can see sort of where they were in the production process when it came out. So that's basically the trailers for the original trilogy. What we see with the original trilogy film trailers is that although they vary to different degrees in terms of like how specific and how general they are uh, with regards to the information that they give, they do have these certain common elements throughout all of them. So one of them being the use of a narrator which you don't really see in subsequent Star Wars trailers, and then also character introductions in at least one of the trailers, where you basically get that whole, like, this actor is playing this person, this actor is playing that person. In the case of A New Hope, we see that in the full trailer. In Empire, we see it in both. In Jedi, we just see it in the full trailer. So that is the original trilogy. So now moving into the prequels and moving ahead to The Phantom Menace. So I think it's safe to say that the trailer for The Phantom Menace was the most anticipated Star Wars trailer of all time. I don't think any trailer before or since has had quite the hype that the Phantom Menace trailer has had. So the teaser trailer for The Phantom Menace dropped on November 13th, 1998, prior to the showing of the movie Meet Joe Black. And when this trailer dropped, it generated huge interest. So there are stories of fans paying full ticket price to see the movie just to go see the trailer and then leave. So they weren't even sticking around to see the movie itself. They were paying the full admission just to watch this teaser trailer. Some theaters, recognizing that there were people who were doing this, would roll the trailer again a second time at the end of the credits of the movie to basically incentivize people to stay. And there was, in fact, I discovered in the course of putting together these show notes, there was an article in the New York Times written up about this phenomenon, about all the hype around the Phantom Menace trailer. So this article came out on November 23rd, 1998, so a little bit after the teaser dropped, and the headline of the article is, Now Playing Two New Minutes of Star Wars. So I want to quote a little bit from this Times article. So it says, quote, Underscoring the box office impact of the trailer, and the trailer alone, 
were the substantial gains made on Tuesday night over Monday at theaters showing it. At the Mayan Theater in the Westwood section of Los Angeles, near the University of California, the siege took in $13,000 on Tuesday night. It had taken in only $1,000 on Monday night. At the Union Square Theater 14 in Manhattan, Meet Joe Black grossed $6,300 on Monday night, but $10,800 on Tuesday night. So movie theaters were seeing a significant jump in revenue once this trailer became attached to these particular films, really kind of underscoring just how excited and passionate people were to go see this trailer for The Phantom Menace. The article towards the end also has a quote from a fan that I include, which really doesn't have anything to do with The Phantom Menace trailer per se, but I introduced it because I read it and it made me smile and... It's really, really telling. So the article quotes a guy by the name of Harry Knowles, who at the time ran a fan site called Ain't It Cool News. And the article talks a little bit about how Knowles had had some amount of like doubts and misgivings about the movie just because of like stuff he had heard and how like when he went to see the teaser, it got him like really stoked and all that went away. So uh, so the article includes this quote from him. It says, quote, I hate myself for every doubt I had. What on earth was I ever thinking? Analyzing every nugget, every whisper, worrying about reshoots and deadlines. George seems to be 100% on his game. And I include this quote because it is an illustration of the fact that Star Wars fandom truly has never and will never change. Like This is exactly what we are all doing right now, absorbing every rumor, every leak, analyzing every clip and every scene and so on. They were doing it back then. We are doing it now. Star Wars fans 200 years from now will also be doing it when they are on like an episode like 100 of the Skywalker saga. So I just thought that was really funny and I wanted to include it. The biggest difference with this new era of Star Wars trailers, and I alluded to it a few minutes ago, is that there is no narration. We are just getting to see scenes and so on, combined with dialogue and music and such. So the teaser bore a tagline that has become famously associated with The Phantom Menace, where it says, Every generation has a legend. Every journey has a first step. Every saga has a beginning. And so the opening shot of the teaser is the Gungan army coming out of the mist before the Battle of Naboo. We see a shot of Queen Amidala's ship on Tatooine. We get this overhead shot of Theed and Amidala kind of looking out the window. And we sort of see these in between as we see the like, as we see the screens of like every generation as a legend, every journey has a first step and so on. And then after every saga has a beginning flash on the screen, we get an immediate cut to Anakin's pod racer kind of zooming through Tatooine. And we get like the big blast of like the Star Wars main fanfare and so on. Most of this teaser is really focused on Anakin. So we see a lot of the scenes with him and his story. So, for example, we get Mace bringing up the prophecy of the chosen one in the jedi council meeting we see some shots on tatooine we hear you know padme talking about like are you sure about this trusting our uh, our fate to a boy we hardly know we see the scene where anakin meets obi-wan for the first time we get yoda's fear is the path the dark side line we get obi-wan's line to qui-gon about anakin being dangerous and so on I really love this trailer for The Phantom Menace. The Phantom Menace teaser trailer may be one of my favorite Star Wars trailers of all time. It's got probably my favorite opening to a Star Wars trailer. 
much like the trailer for A New Hope, I think it does a really good job of unveiling this new world because, you know, we get those shots of the Gungans, we get those shots of Theed, we get the shots of the Nubian ship, and it doesn't look anything like anything that's in the original trilogy. And when I was, you know, watching these trailers through to prepare for this episode, when I watched the Phantom Menace teaser trailer, I was immediately transported back to that time, like back to the buildup to the Phantom Menace and all the hype. It's a really, really good trailer, and I really love it a lot. I think it really captures the spirit of that movie, right? The fact that you were kind of opening the door to this whole new part and era of Star Wars that we'd never seen before. The full trailer for The Phantom Menace came out a couple months later. It came out on March 12th, 1999, and it was released with the movie Wing Commander. Once again, as with the teaser trailer, fans went to the movie just to see the trailer. They again, you know, forked over that full ticket price just to watch that trailer. In this case, however, the trailer for The Phantom Menace dropped on the Lucasfilm website the very next day. So it wasn't exclusive to movie theaters for very long. And apparently it crashed the Lucasfilm website after it came out because there was such a demand to go see it. Now, whereas the teaser trailer for The Phantom Menace, for the most part, really just kind of focused on Anakin and his story, the full trailer really focuses almost entirely on the Naboo plot and that element in Queen Amidala's story. We get a couple shots having to do with Anakin. So we see a little bit of pod racing. We see a little bit of Anakin on Tatooine. We see a little bit of 3PO. But really, those are mostly just in passing. So the trailer, in fact, opens with a shot of the droid army preparing to do battle with the Gungans. It's that shot where, like, they're coming over the hill towards where the Gungans have kind of set up their positions. We see the shot of the Federation army kind of landing and all their landing craft coming down in the forest outside Feed. We get some shots from the outside of the Royal Palace, and of Queen Amidala. We see that clip of C.O. Bibble when he sends that hologram when they're on a Tatooine where he's saying the death toll is catastrophic. We also hear him a little bit earlier with his line about like a communications disruption can mean only one thing, invasion. We see Amidala addressing the Senate. But despite all of that, despite that we get all of these elements and you can see from the trailer, okay, like this is going to be a kind of big part of the story. Even with all that, the trailer still retains this element of nonlinearity. To illustrate, we get in the trailer, we see the Palpatine line where he says, you know, we'll have to accept Federation control for the time being. But nothing in the earlier trailer cues you into what the Federation is. So you don't know what the Trade Federation is. Then we also get a clip in the trailer of Amidala where she has that line where she says, I will sign no treaty, Senator. But again, no cue to like, what's this treaty? What's its significance and so on? So I remember when I was watching these, uh, this trailer and I got to those two scenes, I thought like, these are really strange scenes to put in a full trailer because they don't really make sense without context. And if you're just like watching them, not knowing what the Phantom Menace is about, they're essentially meaningless. They're, so they're very odd scenes, I think, to put in a trailer. Notably, two things about this trailer is there is no new Star Wars music in the Phantom Menace trailer or actually in the teaser trailer either. So, for instance, you hear the Imperial March at one point. You also hear some music from A New Hope, particularly a lot of the like Death Star scenes. So you get a lot of that music, which is some degree like I personally found like watching it a little bit jarring just because I'm so used to like the sound of the prequel trilogy and those soundtracks. So to hear like the Imperial March just on full blast as we get this scene of, you know, Maul's ship flying into Tatooine just like doesn't jive with my brain. 
Also, one other detail, this is like, this is again, like with earlier trailers, like with Jedi, like with A New Hope, another kind of sign of the times of like where they were when this trailer came out, is that when you listen to Padme speaking in the trailers, her voice is much higher pitched. So she doesn't have that kind of like tenor, the kind of Queen Amidala lower voice that she puts on. She has her kind of standard like Natalie Portman voice in all the scenes. So clearly this is something that they, that they edited before the release of the final movie that they kind of tweak with it to give Amidala like a, a different kind of sound from just Padme. So now going into the second installment of the prequels, which is Attack of the Clones. So the teaser for Attack of the Clones premiered in November of 2001 with the movie Monsters, Inc., and this one, I got to say, like, there's a couple trailers that I'd seen before this. Some of them I, like, seen and forgot. Like, I, particularly, I didn't remember all that much about, like, the Attack of the Clones trailers. The teaser for Attack of the Clones is probably the most menacing Star Wars trailer. I watched this and was like, damn, like, this is intense. Because it's pretty much almost entirely silent, with the exception of Darth Vader's breathing. And it is just like basically cuts to a bunch of different scenes as you are listening to Vader like breathe in and out. So we get a shot of Padme's ship flying to Genosis. We see Django flying around on Kamino. We see a little bit of the asteroid chase. The young clones in their little like remote learning pods. We see Anakin and Padme's first kiss. And then kind of towards the end we get a little bit of Duel of the Fates music. But it is not the like main full blast Duel of Fates. It's the like dun 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 dun. A part where like you got the racial doors and Maul is kind of like waiting for the for the battle to continue. So it's really really menacing and intense. Like it's darker even than I would say the Revenge of the Sith trailers. So it's pretty intense. The full trailer for Attack of the Clones, meanwhile, came out in March of 2002. And I would say it is among the more cohesive Star Wars movie trailers to date. Like, it actually does a pretty good job of spelling out the crux of the story. You know, as we saw mentioned with the original trilogy trailers, those, for the most part, didn't really tell you much about the plot of the movies, except for that, like, Empire Strikes Back teaser trailer. And you get kind of hints of what at least parts of the story are in the Phantom Menace trailers, but again, not very fleshed out. But in the full trailer for Attack of the Clones, like, you really do get, like, the main thrust of what the movie's about. So one of the first scenes that you see in the trailer is Palpatine saying, I will not allow this Republic, which has stood for a thousand years, to be split in two. So you get the premise very fast that there is this kind of internal crisis, this burgeoning civil war in the Republic. Then, you know, we get these other little bits that, again, kind of really cue you into what the movie is going to be about. So we get, for example, Obi-Wan informing the Jedi Council about Jango Fett and the clone army, you know, when he sends that transmission from Kamino. We see some scenes from the emergency vote in the Senate. We see Palpatine authorizing the creation of the clone army. We get C.O. Bibble's line about, like, you know, there hasn't been a full-scale war since the formation of the Republic and so on. So we get all of that. The main absence in terms of, like, plot-wise from the Attack of the Clones trailer is really the Padme and Anakin subplot. There's, in fact, only one scene of them on Naboo in the entire trailer, and it is from that scene where they are meeting with Queen Jamila and, like, Padme, like, cuts Anakin off and he gets all indignant, indignant and is like, excuse me, milady, I'm in charge of security here. But other than that, there's, like, nothing about, like, the Padme-Anakin romance in that full trailer at all. It's all about, like, the Separatist crisis and clone army, clone wars, and so on. Once again, as with the full trailer for The Phantom Menace, they use original trilogy music again. 
there was no actual original Attack of the Clones music in the trailer. So, for instance, for the, about the first half of the trailer, we hear music from the Jabba sail barge scene in Return of the Jedi. So, like that bit where where you go like that, done, 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 and then it like it builds into once the once all the fighting breaks out. Again, it's a little discordant, much like with The Phantom Menace, like you don't expect to hear like an original trilogy track in the prequels. But in this case, I actually kind of like it. I particularly like the sail barge music for the Attack of the Clones because like it kind of fits with Attack of the Clones vibe. Because like on the one hand, like Attack of the Clones is a movie that obviously has this very serious element because it's like the emergence of the Clone Wars and it's, you know, exploring Anakin's turn to the dark side. And then you've got the whole romance element with him and Padme. But then it also does have this kind of like silly, wacky, and you know, classic Star Wars adventure fun side to it. And so I think that that sail barge music kind of does fit with that aspect of Attack of the Clones really well. So particularly like when we're hearing like a big part of what we were seeing when you hear that sail barge music is we get an extended look at the Coruscant chase and we get to see Anakin jumping out of the speeder. So it does, I think, kind of fit a little bit with that spirit that is also in some of the sail barge stuff in Return of the Jedi. So I do kind of like it. But yeah, the Attack of the Clones trailers do among the better jobs of really cueing in the audience to like what is this movie about? And I mean, in terms of that scale, like adhering to that three-part structure that I spotted at the beginning of the, of the episode, I think the, the full trailer for Attack of the Clones comes the closest, I think, of any Star Wars trailer before or even since to really fitting that like three-part arc. So now we get to the final installment of the prequel trilogy, Revenge of the Sith. Now, of the movie trailers that we've talked about to date, Obviously, I was not alive during the original trilogy, so I did not see any of those. Revenge of the Sith is probably the one for which I have the first very clear trailer memories. Like, I'm, I'm pretty sure I, I saw the Phantom Menace trailers before I saw the movie. I saw all of the, the prequel trilogy films in theaters. I'm pretty sure I probably saw the Phantom Menace trailers. I don't really remember the Attack of the Clones trailers. Like, putting this episode together was really much like a refresh about what those trailers were like. But the Revenge of the Sith ones, I definitely remember. The teens in the full trailer, for sure. Like, I remember being in my teens, going on to Yahoo Movies back when that was a big thing, and, like, pulling up those trailers and just watching them over and over and over again. Like, that is a distinctly, like, mid-aughts experience that I recall clearly. So the teaser for Revenge of the Sith was released in November of 2004, and this teaser does, interestingly, as we'll talk about towards the end of the show, it does what a lot of the trailers for The Rise of Skywalker do, which is that it harkens back to the original trilogy. So the teaser opens with basically the A Long Time Ago in a Galaxy Far, Far Away card, and we get a shot of Luke looking at the Twin Suns. And then, you know, we see some snippets of Obi-Wan when he's talking to Luke in his hut, telling him about, for over a thousand generations, the Jedi Knights were the guardians of peace and justice in the Old Republic, before the dark times, before the Empire. And as he's talking, we see some clips from Phantom Menace, we see a little bit of Duel of Fates, we see a little bit of Attack of the Clones, like the clone troopers kind of marching into the Star Destroyer at the end of the movie and all of that. And then from there, basically, we transition to, uh, we get a shot of Anakin's 
yellow eye. So we get that like close-up shot from the movie where he kind of looks into the camera and we see his Sith eyes. And then we get some shots of Mustafar. So we get to see like the exploding volcanoes and we see some of the like weird little aliens that are walking around Mustafar. From there, we get a cut to a black screen and we hear Palpatine say, Lord Vader. We hear Vader respond back, yes, master. And he's responding back in the Vader voice because it's that scene from the very end of the movie. And then we hear Palpatine say, rise. And from that point, it cuts to Vader rising up like on his operating table. And there's kind of interspersed clips in between. Like we see some Wookiees and so on. We see some dramatic shots of like Padme. We see a little bit of R2 and so on. And then once that's complete, once he's kind of fully risen, it then goes into like the Big Bang climax. So we get... So we see some shots from the Battle of Coruscant. We see a little bit from the Battle of Kashyyyk, some of the Obi-Wan, Anakin duel on Mustafar. The real standout for me personally in this trailer was you actually see a little bit of Palpatine in his original trilogy appearance. So you see him like as the Emperor, all old and stuff. And so I remember that like being a real point of interest and like wondering like, oh, like does the movie do a time jump or something? This teaser, interestingly enough, actually has Revenge of the Sith music. So that montage of clips that I mentioned before, it is accompanied by the music that we hear like when the invisible hand, when Grievous' ship is kind of falling to the surface of Coruscant. So this is actually the first trailer in the prequel era where we're actually getting exposed to original music from the film itself. The full trailer for Revenge of the Sith came out in March of 2005, and it focuses a lot on Anakin and Palpatine's relationship. So that's really the kind of central focus in terms of, you know, giving you a little bit of that story meat. So one of the first scenes in that trailer is we see Palpatine's line about, you know, the dark side of the force is a pathway to many abilities. And, you know, Anakin asking, you know, is it possible to learn this power? And Palpatine saying, you know, not from a Jedi. And then from there, we get a couple different scenes where, you know, we have Obi-Wan asking Anakin to spy on the Chancellor. We see Mace kind of voicing his doubts about Anakin, about saying, you know, it's dangerous putting them together. I don't trust him. We get a little bit of Anakin's appointment to the Jedi Council and, like, the controversy that causes. We see a little bit of, like, Palpatine tempting Anakin. We get that line where he says, you know, only through me can you achieve a power greater than any Jedi. But really the big highlight of this trailer, I think pretty much for anybody at the time, was we get that shot, we see that scene where Mace and the other Jedi go in to arrest Palpatine and we see him bust out the lightsaber and like turn it on and we see him sort of in attack mode. So seeing Palpatine igniting that red lightsaber for the first time, I remember for me that was like the big like whoa moment of that trailer. And then we think the kind of latter third of the trailer is about Anakin's turn to the dark side. So we get Palpatine's line about do what must be done, do not hesitate, show no mercy. We see a shot from Vader marching on the temple. We see the killing of the Separatist Council. We see both duels, both the Anakin, Obi-Wan, and Mustafar, and then also Palpatine, Yoda in the Senate. Uh, we see, I think we see... We see a little bit of, you know, Obi-Wan saying, like, you were the chosen one from after he's wounded Anakin. But interestingly, much in the same way that, like, the full trailer from Attack of the Clones doesn't really have anything about the Anakin-Padme subplot, this trailer also doesn't have anything about the Anakin-Padme subplot. So, you know, we get this whole element about 
Palpatine's temptation of Anakin getting trying to win him over the dark side, but we don't really see anything, or the trailer doesn't really allude to anything about like Anakin's fears about Padme and his visions and about her dying and the role that that plays in his ultimate turn. So again, like these trailers for Attack of the Clones and Revenge of the Sith really kind of skimp out on the Anakin Padme storyline. Like they really kind of sideline those in favor of other elements of the story. So that kind of completes the prequel trilogy, and now we can move into talking about the sequel trilogy trailers. And I think the sequel trilogy trailers are the point at which we kind of get back to some of that more kind of classic, opaque Star Wars trailers. Like, we kind of had that originally with the original trilogy, where you're like, you weren't getting much information about the story. The prequel trilogy films trailers actually kind of improved on that. Like, you know, I talked about Attack of the Clones, but even like Phantom Menace and Revenge of the Sith, even though they're still like pretty skimpy, even though they leave out parts, even though they, you don't get a like super great 30,000 foot picture, like they do do a little bit more to cue you into the story. And then I feel like once you get into the sequel trilogy films, they kind of go back much more to that kind of original mold of like really just like throwing you a bunch of scenes and not giving you all too much context. So the teaser trailer for The Force Awakens came out in November of 2014, and this truly was a top-tier Star Wars trailer moment for me. Like, I remember that hype and that anticipation and just the kind of euphoria that we all got out of The Force Awakens teaser trailer. That trailer opens with a shot basically just of the Jakku Desert. It's just basically still shot. We hear Snoke saying, there has been an awakening. Have you felt it? Again, like with Padme in those Phantom Menace trailers, it's not the movie Snoke voice. He sounds a little bit different from the version that we ultimately get in the final cut of the film. And then, like, once Snoke says his line, you get Finn kind of springing up. So, like, after he kind of regains consciousness from the TIE fighter crash. So, it's a great kind of like little, like, jump moment in the trailer. And then from there, we get some shots of BB-8 kind of rolling around on the Jacker Desert. We see some shots of the First Order stormtroopers in their, like, little transport as they're going down to go after, like, Poe and Lor Santeca. We see Rey on her, like, speeder bike. We see Poe in his X-Wing cockpit at the Battle of Takedana. And then we get this shot of Kylo walking into a forest, which again is not an extra shot that is in the final cut of the movie, I believe. And we hear, you know, Snoke kind of finishing his line where he says the dark side and the light. And we see Kylo igniting his lightsaber. And again, sort of like the Palpatine lightsaber in Revenge of the Sith. It's this whoa moment because you get to see that cross guard lightsaber, which we'd never seen before. And then from there, it cuts to black. And then Bam! We get the shot of the Falcon like flying through the surface of Jakku when they're being chased by the TIE fighters, and the Star Wars theme is on full blast. Again, not unlike actually the Phantom Menace teaser trailer, which does the same thing, but with Anakin's pod racer. And what I think this trailer does such a good job of, and part of the reason why it's so compelling, is it really mixes the new with the familiar. So we see things or variations of things that we're used to. So we see the Millennium Falcon. We see Stormtroopers. We see X-Wings. But then, you know, we also get these shots of, like, BB-8. And we get the shots of 
Ray on Jakku. And so all those kind of help to create that like sense of wonder and interest. Like on the one hand, like you're seeing something that is a continuation of something that you know, but at the same time, there are these other new and interesting elements and you like want to know more about who these characters and so on. And like, what is this joy that we've never seen before that rolls around? The full trailer for The Force Awakens dropped on October 2015. This trailer has, for me, one of the great opening shots in Star Wars movie trailers. It is right up there with that Phantom Menace teaser trailer opening shot. It is Rey's introduction. One of the first shots we see is that first shot of Rey that we see where she is in the Star Destroyer and we see like her with like the goggles and the face covering and like you can't really even see that she's human. And we see her kind of climbing through the wreckage of the Star Destroyer. And we hear in the background, Maz asking her, you know, who are you? And Ray responding, I'm no one. And then from there we go, we meet Finn and we sort of introduce to him as this kind of disaffected stormtrooper. We hear him saying, I've got nothing to fight for. We get that shot where like he takes off his helmet when they're back on the Star Destroyer. We meet Kylo Ren, and we're kind of introduced to him as this Vader acolyte because we, we get that scene of him, you know, talking to the Vader mask, saying, you know, I will finish what you started. And then from there, we go into, we hear Leia's theme, which is used a lot in the sequel trilogy trailers. And we get this, it's accompanied by this shot of the Falcon chase. We hear that scene where Rey and Finn are talking to Han with the Millennium Falcon. You know, he's saying, like, it's true, all of it. And then we get like a, just a bunch of different shots. So we see some shots of Kylo and the Knights of Ren from that vision that Rey has. We see a little bit from the Battle of Takadana. We see some scenes from the First Order attack on the camp, again, as that music is playing in the background. And then it closes, ultimately, where we just hear Maz saying, the Force is calling to you, just let it in. So this trailer has some of those elements of that traditional trailer structure, particularly like with those character introductions. You know, we don't get like, as we did in the original trilogy, we don't get like Daisy Ridley as Rey or John Boyega as Finn, but we do get like the scavenger girl, the disaffected stormtrooper, the Vader obsessive. So we get like a little bit of that. Just we, we get those kind of tastes of those particular characters before we're just like inundated with like all of the like bells and whistles and sights and sounds of The Force Awakens. Now, I would be remiss if I did not mention this trailer, particularly in retrospect, has come under some amount of critique. And the big critique of this trailer is that it creates a certain degree of misdirection. So when we're in that middle part of the trailer and we hear, you know, Han talking about like, it's true, all of it, and he's reciting all that. And he mentioned, he gets to the part in that line where he mentions the Jedi. What we are seeing on the screen is we see that shot when everyone's getting ready to attack Starkiller Base, and there's a kind of push on Finn just as he's saying the Jedi. And then later towards the end of the trailer, when we get that bit from Maz where she's saying, you know, the force is calling to you, we see that shot of Finn holding the Skywalker lightsaber about to duke it out with Kylo Ren. So it does kind of create this impression that like Finn is going to kind of be the main character and particularly he's going to be like he's going to be the one who has the Jedi journey whereas once you actually see the movie it does the bait and switch and it's actually Rey and you know some people have critiqued that and I can definitely sort of see and understand that critique and as I sort of alluded to this trailer the full trailer for the first awakens is a great example of Star Wars trailers not fitting form 
So we get that intro with the characters and we get the kind of big climax where we get all the music and we get the shots, but no story. Again, you don't really know from watching this trailer what The Force Awakens is actually about. You don't know that Luke is, has vanished. You don't know that it's all about the hunt for Luke by the Resistance in the First Order. So that non-linearity is still very much in place. Moving on now to The Last Jedi. So the teaser for The Last Jedi came out in April of 2017. And it actually opens with a similar effect as the Force Awakens teaser. So again, you get that kind of initial focus on just a still shot. And in this case, it's a shot of basically like the surface of Octel. You basically just see like this big stone. And then you get the break-in, the same way with like Finn jumping out in Jakku. Only in this case, it's Rey when she kind of falls to the ground after she has that like force connection with Luke during their first lesson. In the first half of the trailer, we really hear Luke and Rey kind of talking about the Force. So, you know, we hear Luke telling Rey, like, breathe, just breathe. What do you see? And then you hear Rey saying, light. And we see that shot, that very first shot that we get of Leia in the movie, where it's just her back and she's at the light conference table. We hear Rey say, dark. And we see Kyle's broken mask on, like, the elevator floor. We hear say balance, and there's a shot of like the Jedi texts inside the um, the tree in Octo, and all of this like narration and so on. It's accompanied by all these like big panoramic shots of Octo. We see the the shot of like Ray trading on the cliffside, where like the camera is very far away, and she's just this kind of tiny figure in the distance. From there, we're kind of just like thrown into the action. So we see like the resistance ships on. Crate, we see that fighting. We see the destruction of the resistance hangar when, like, Kylo and all the ties are kind of attacking the main resistance ship. We see the ties chasing the Falcon on Crate. And then the trailer ultimately ends with you hear Luke saying, I only know one truth. And you get a kind of couple other shots in there. And then it cuts to him where he's basically like that shot from of him from behind kind of exiting the tree where the Jedi attacks are, and you see him, and you hear him say, it's time for the Jedi to end. So it ends on this like big kind of ominous note, like where you're seeing the hero, Luke Skywalker, talking about the need to end the Jedi. So I think it leaves on that nice little like cliffhanger moment there. And I got to say, like, this trailer very much looks and feels like a Ryan Johnson trailer because there's a lot of emphasis on those visuals. We get those great big sweeping shots of Octo. We get those shots of, like, Cray and, like, the red kind of coming up from, like, the white salt. We get a shot. One of the closing shots of the trailer is, like, Phasma being flanked by stormtroopers kind of coming out of the fire on the supremacy. So there's a lot of emphasis on these, like, big visuals that are a big part of The Last Jedi. So it really does have that kind of Ryan Johnson quality to the trailer. The main trailer, meanwhile, came out in October of 2017. The trailer opens with Snoke's lines to Kylo Ren after Kylo has returned to the supremacy. We hear him say, When I found you, I saw raw, untamed power, and beyond that, something truly special. That narration from Snoke is combined with some shots of the First Order walkers on Crate, of Kylo kind of walking into the Resistance base on Crate when we get that overhead shot of him and like the First Order troopers behind him. The middle of the trailer really focuses a ton on Rey and Kyle themselves. It actually like kicks off with some really kind of ominous music. There's like a lot of strings. It really feels like 
you're building up to something like you get that sense of like anticipation that like something big is coming we get some shots of ray training with luke and octo we hear her saying like something inside of me has always been there but now it's awake and i need help we see and hear luke saying i've seen this raw strength only once before it didn't scare me enough then it does now and then from there we get a cut to kylo ren and we hear him say like let the past die kill it if you have to it's the only way to become what you were meant to be and we get a shot of him like busting up his mask in the elevator we see him attacking the resistance ships and we, we get that moment where he's like in his tie fighter and he senses leia on the resistance ship and you have that like back and forth cutaway like between him looking out and leia looking out and you get that like moment of indecision so again a little bit of that cliffhanger is like is kylo gonna blow up leia is this how she's gonna die and then from there, we get to, like, all of these bunch of different, like, shots of fighting and space battles and so on. So we see, like, some of the fighting from the opening shots of The Last Jedi when, like, when the Resistance is escaping. We see some of the fighting on Crate and so on. And we get Poe's line where he says, you know, we are the spark that'll light the fire that will burn the First Order down. We see a little bit of Finn fighting Phasma on the Supremacy. And then we get, we get a line from Luke. And this, I'm going to say, if I had to pick a single trailer moment from Star Wars, that is my favorite. It is this moment right here in the full trailer for The Last Jedi. And as we see Luke saying in line, this is not going to go the way you think. It is such a perfect line to throw in this trailer. This is Ryan Johnson breaking the fourth wall. This is him looking at the, in the camera at the audience and like giving a wink. I love that this line is in the final trailer because like when you look back at it in retrospect, it is this cue that what you're about to see in this movie is unlike anything that you have seen in any Star Wars trailer. And you get that delivery. You get that payoff. So I love that this line is in the trailer itself because it just works so perfectly. And then the last, the very last thing that we see in the trailer is we hear Snoke saying, you know, fulfill your destiny to Rey. And we get some shots of uh, fighting on Kraid. And we see, you know, that scene of like Rey being tortured when Snoke is holding her up. And then we get a cut. We go to black. And then we move to, we see Rey saying, you know, I need someone to show me my place in all this. And then we see that scene where like Kylo holds out his hand to her on the supremacy after they've killed Snoke. So again, like building them, I'm like, is Rey going to turn? turn like what's going on here this trailer does a really good job of kind of like centering the stories of ray and kylo and really like they are going to be like the two main people are going to be focusing on and that this movie is going to be about them kind of ultimately crossing paths in this potentially like really important way interestingly enough there's not much in here actually about luke himself so that line that i'd quoted from the teaser where luke is saying you know it's time for the jedi to end that is not reused in this trailer in any way so we get no hint in this trailer about kind of luke's storyline and his struggles and his kind of disillusionment that's just in that one teaser moment there are no canto bite sequences at all in this trailer and there is also no rose Rose Tico is not present in either the teaser or the full trailer for The Last Jedi. There is not a shot of her, at least that I was able to see. So this character who was like one of the main protagonists in The Last Jedi, not at all featured in the trailers. So again, like really important elements left out. They're main characters that we don't see. They're main storylines that we're not seeing in these trailers. So now moving on to the final installment, at least for now, in the Skywalker saga, and that is The Rise of Skywalker. Now, I know The Rise of Skywalker is still very much a divisive movie. People have their critiques of it, and I understand where those critiques are coming from. But I'm going to plant this flag for the purpose of this discussion. 
The Rise of Skywalker has the best movie trailers in Star Wars. Hands down, I don't think it's even kind of close. I think maybe the closest one is like The Force Awakens is kind of up there. A little bit of Phantom Menace is up there. But I think The Rise of Skywalker, in terms of Star Wars trailers, it is the reigning king. I don't know if it'll ever be topped. I think all of the trailers that we get for The Rise of Skywalker are just fantastic. So the teaser for The Rise of Skywalker came out in April of 2019. You know, it opens with that shot of Rey and Pasana as Kylo is kind of flying towards her in his TIE fighter. And, you know, she does that jump over it with her lightsaber. And we hear, you know, Luke saying, we passed on all we know. A thousand generations live in you now, but this is your fight. And then, you know, after she, like, goes in to, like, destroy the TIE fighter, we get the cutaway. We again, once again, we hear the Leia theme, another kind of motif of these sequel trilogy era trailers. We see that shot of, like, flying to Kajimi. We get Kylo and Mustafar fighting the cultists. We see his helmet getting repaired. We see a little bit of, like, the chase on Pasana. We see Leia hugging Rey. And then, of course, the concluding shot of that trailer is, you know, we hear Luke saying, we'll always be with you. No one's ever really gone. And we see, like, the gang on Kefbeer, and they're looking out of the Death Star wreckage, which, in my case, I didn't clock at first that was the, the Death Star wreckage. It was only until I watched it, like, a second time that I really noticed what it was. And then, of course, we get that cut to black and we hear Palpatine's cackle. So that is our introduction that Palpatine has returned. So a a really, really good teaser trailer, a great way to introduce the return of a kind of classic character from the franchise. And it was a trailer that I remember people really, really getting pumped about. I would be remiss here if I did not shout out and reference Scotty J. Rowe's reaction video. So he is from the Bombad cast. He, He has a video on their YouTube page. Again, I'll put a link to it in the show notes of when he was at celebration of him kind of reacting and everybody else in the crowd reacting to that premiere of that teaser trailer that's something that's really really fun to watch because you can see just how stoked and excited everybody is and how into it so definitely check that out if you haven't the full trailer for the rise of skywalker came out in october of 2019 so it opens where we see ray training on agent Kloss, and we hear finn overhead saying you know it's an instinct a feeling the force brought us together then, you know, we hear Ray saying, oh, people keep telling me they know me, no one does. And then Kylo coming and saying, but I do. And we get that shot of them on the Death Star wreckage and Kylo kind of coming out of that big, like, wave that comes over it. Then we get to hear Palpatine saying, you know, long have I waited and now you're coming together is your undoing. And we get that shot of, like, the Sith throne on Exegol. We see the Star Destroyer rising up out of, like, the surface of Exegol. We see, like, the gathering of the Citizen's fleet just before like the battle of the final order we get a shot of the destruction of kajimi even though we don't know what it is at that point it was just like a big explosion in space at that moment and then the trailer action kind of almost comes to a pause because we get that scene where the gang is in babu frick's workshop and poe is like you know what you doing there 3po and then 3po says you know taking one last look sir at my friends and then from there, we go into those like huge, like swelling music of the trailer. So, you know, we hear Luke saying, confronting fear is the destiny of a Jedi. We get some of those shots of Finn and Janna on the final order of Star Destroyer when they're like riding those like horse-like things, like blanking on the exact name of them. We get to see Kylo and Rey on the Death Star wreckage in the throne room. 
We see Kylo and Rake destroying the Vader shrine when they're having that like force duel. And then we see that shot of Kylo on Exegol when he's first arrived to meet the Emperor. And then we see that shot where Rey is kind of standing before Palpatine. And it's that kind of shot from behind. Our first kind of hint that like Palpatine was hooked up to some sort of apparatus. And then the last shot is that push in on Rey and you hear, you know, Luke saying the forest will be with you. And then Leia saying, always. And I really wish the film had actually kept that version because when we get the actual scene where like Ray is with like all the hearing all the voices of the Jedi past, you know, we just hear Luke saying the force will be with you always. I would have liked to have the trailer version where Leia chimes in there at the very end. And, you know, much like the first trailer for The Phantom Menace, this trailer also very much had a tagline. So, you know, it had like this Christmas, the saga will end, the story lives forever. And, you know, a lot of people have commented on this. This trailer has far and away the best trailer music in all of Star Wars. And just as a note for folks who are big fans of the trailer music for The Rise of Skywalker, if you go on Spotify, you can actually find the trailer music. It is done by an artist by the name of Samuel Kim. If you are not familiar with Samuel Kim, familiarize yourself. He does some really amazing like remixes and renditions of Star Wars music. And the way that I actually found him was through his rendition of The Rise of Skywalker final trailer music. So definitely go check that out if you're a big fan of that music. And also, listen to some of his other stuff and then apart from like that teaser and that full trailer we also got this really i guess technically not a quote-unquote trailer in the true sense that august in 2019 we got the sizzle reel from d23 for the rise of skywalker and even though it's not a trailer i wanted to bring it up anyway because i personally found it to be very emotional like the revenge of the sith teaser it pays homage really to like the entire saga it is this kind of look back We see some scenes from earlier films, from basically all of the films up through The Last Jedi. As Yoda's theme plays, we hear that Luke line again from the full trailer about, you know, we passed on all we know. And this Sizzle Reel was our kind of first introduction to some of the elements of The Rise of Skywalker. So it's our first look at the Final Order. We get to see all of those, like, Star Destroyers. We see Red Eyes 3PO was our first look at him. It was our first shot of a super laser from the Final Order Star Destroy hitting the surface of Kajimi. It was our first shot of, you know, seeing some of that fighting on the Death Star wreckage. And then that sizzle we concluded, we hear Palpatine saying, your journey nears its end, which yeah, I don't think actually made it into the final cut of the movie. And we get that shot of Dark Ray from the Vision that like lit up a lot of people and got into a lot of like speculation about is that real is that a vision and so on so that sizzle reel was also really really good and i think is part of just the exceptional advertising that was done for that movie i think all the trailers all the promotion material that we got was really really superb and was in a class all of its own to kind of wrap up now I would be remiss if in talking about star wars trailers i did not bring up rogue one The Rogue One trailers are infamous for the sheer volume of unused scenes that were included in them. It's truly staggering. Like, I was watching it back to prepare for this episode. There are so many. Like, the teaser trailer for Rogue One is borderline a trailer for a different movie. That's how different it is. So just to give us some examples of some of the scenes from both the teaser and the full trailers from Rogue One that are scenes that ultimately don't make the final cut. You know, we get that Generoso line where she says, this is a rebellion, isn't it? I rebel. We get that solo shot of Krennic and he's kind of standing in front of this like map. 
We see Saw Gerrera without hair when he is on Jeddah. We hear Saw saying, what will they do when they catch you? What will you do if they break you? If you continue to fight, what will you become? And then we get this shot of Jin in the like tie kind of imperial uniform. So it almost kind of creates that like those lines with that shot sort of creates this suggestion. Oh, that maybe, you know, Jin will be tempted. Maybe she'll like turn a coat and go to the Empire. But again, neither that shot nor that Saw Gerrera line that I just quoted is actually in the final cut of the movie. It's totally gone. And then we get, there's a couple other shots and lines that we get that weren't in the final movie. So we get the shot of Krennic, you know, walking through the water on Scarif. We hear another line from Saw where he's saying, the world is coming undone. Imperial flags reign across the galaxy. We hear Bay saying, they destroyed our home. I fight the Empire now. We see K2 on Jeddah. We get this line where he says, the captain says, you're a friend. I will not kill you. And then we get that shot of Jin when she's on the Scarif Tower, when they're sending the Death Star plans of her, like, facing off against that one TIE fighter. So a bunch of scenes, a bunch of dialogue that is not in the final movie. Again, a kind of testament to a lot of the, like, reshoots and edits that they had to do on that film before it came out. So I think like the the Rogue One trailers are like the extreme example of like the way that Star Wars trailers can be this kind of like timestamp of where everybody was in the production process because like this was like in some significant way this was quite a different movie from the movie that we fi- ultimately got. So I just wanted to bring that up. I would be remiss if I did not. So that concludes our look at the trailers of Star Wars. You know, this was quite an exercise putting together this episode of like going back to these trailers and really kind of watching them with a kind of critical eye and, you know, thinking about like, well, how do these trailers stack up with what we ultimately get in the movie? You know, what's in the trailer? What isn't? How much of the story do we know? So having that like kind of retrospective look at these trailers is a lot of fun. And I hope you all listening also enjoyed this kind of survey of all of these trailers and just how different they have been in all of these different eras of Star Wars and how they've evolved and like just how vague some of them are at different points and just how just the big gap between like the trailer material and then like the final cut that we ultimately get. So what to expect on the next episode? So episode nine is going to drop on November 22nd. It will be coming out a few days after the release of the Lego Star Wars holiday special. So in recognition of that, episode nine will be taking a look at Lego Star Wars, which has been a big part of my fandom and the way that I've kind of interacted with Star Wars. So we'll talk not just, of course, about the holiday special itself, but then take a kind of bigger look at Lego and Lego Star Wars. And I will be doing that with a guest. So joining me to talk about Lego Star Wars will be Candace of the Geeky Waffle Network. So do make sure to tune into that episode. I think we're going to have a really fun time talking about Lego and Star Wars. It's something that I am particularly passionate about. So I am super, super stoked to do that interview and to dig into that and also to watch the holiday special, which I'm sure will be terrific from the trailer that they released. As always, make sure to rate and review the show if you are able to. Make sure that you are subscribed to A Larger View of the Force. You can follow the show on Twitter at A Larger View Pod. You can also follow me on Twitter at Demondum. And until next time, look for the Force and you will always find me.